Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, your host, along with Tracy Holtz-Claw, as always. Um, I am here to talk about how we buy and sell real estate right here in the upstate of South Carolina. We've been doing this for 10, 15, I don't know, 19, 20 years. 20, 73, something. I don't yep, keep it. So if anymore. you want to learn how to make money and how we do what we do, hang on. We, we talk about this for the next hour or so. Um, we've been out of town for a while, so you may have heard a couple of replay shows, but we're back. We're back and we're here. And um, we're here to uh, talk about what we do. And Tracy is the one that knows everything there is to know about what we do. Because it's kind of like um, every time I forget something, he remembers it. And I forget a lot. But then uh, sometimes I, he forgets stuff and I can't remember it. I forgot what you were saying. I don't know. But, you know, he and I work together. We, we, we get along pretty well. Every once in a while we get in a little bit of a, you know, scuffle. Yeah, we bring out the boxing gloves. Yeah, it's like, come on now. <laughs> we got to get along around here. But, uh, well, yeah, the, the less been, I'm around makes it easier, right? Yeah, it's easier to get along with people when you don't have to get along with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't have to deal with them, it's a lot more better I was than getting to, along with them. I was talking to one of our lenders this week. Well, you were present. I was talking to one of our lenders, and you know they're asking me what I do, and I say as little as I can get away with. And I'm getting pretty good at it. Yeah, I'm good at nothing. <laughs> so I asked my kids, I said, what are y'all doing? Nothing. You need any help? I can help with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good at that. <laughs> so, um, if you've never le- listened to the program before, what we do is buy and sell houses here in the upstate and all other types of properties, and we borrow money from people just like you to buy the properties that we buy. We offer a 6% return to people and give them a first mortgage on houses that we're keeping, and we offer an 8% return on the stuff that we're buying that we're flipping. So, if you're interested in learning how to make more money with your money, you can go to jasondiller.com and check out what we're all about. Click on the How It Works tab about lending, and that's what we do. And we're always looking for new lenders that may want to make more money with their money. Um, a lot of people that use uh, um, actually use their retirement accounts to, to lend us money. And they always get a first mortgage on the property. They always have security so that if something terrible happens and me and Tracy get dead or get hit by a bus or um, even worse – then they can have a path to the property that's worth more than what they're lending on it. So that's the basic gist of what we do. And we're always got stuff going on. I mean, just like this week, we um, together, he and I went and met with a new potential lender in a home that they want to move to Florida. I don't know why they want to move to Florida. I, I think because it's warm. And we, we sit down with the couple and they're about to retire and I think he, what was the interest rate he was making that he wanted to beat? He's got a, a CD that's maturing, and I think it's 1.67 or 1.76, and I I just added a tenth to that. Or a hundredth. Or a hundredth to that and told him we could beat that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, his email said, if you can beat 1.67%, I'd like for you to come talk to us. And, of course... We're, we pay 6% on our houses we keep and 8% on the houses that we're flipping. Yeah, and I went to Parker, and it's not hard to know that that's more. Yeah, it's a little bit more than 1.7%. And sat with him, talked to him about whether or not it would make sense for him and his wife to lend money, when he might want to lend the money, how he would want to lend it, um, how long, depending on his age. If he used his retirement accounts, when what would that look like? What would it look like once they turned 70 and a half? 
and they have to start taking money out of their IRAs. And we just sit there on their couch and hung out with them for a couple hours and talked to them and found out what they're trying to accomplish. And it was nice and quiet. Too. It was really different than being in our office. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a battle every time I'm in the office. I feel like I'm, you know, have you ever seen the beginning of the, um, the, the movie uh, Saving Private Ryan where they're, when they're hitting <laughs> yes. the Normandy and hitting the beaches? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, bullets are going everywhere. And that's what I feel like sometimes in our office. Yeah, we have uh, activity. We have, what's the word I'm trying to think? Um, I'll think about it in a minute. Keep talking. Regulated chaos. I mean, I'm in there yesterday. And spirited. I'm sitting, I'm that's sitting, the word I was thinking about. We have spirited activity almost all the time. I'm sitting with uh, the builder that, that we use, Josh. And the next thing I know, somebody walks in, Stephanie walks in and asks me a question. Behind her, of course, I stopped talking to him for a minute long enough to answer that question. And behind there, Samuel walks in and they got a different question. And then the phone rings and it's Tracy. So I got four people trying to talk trying to, to, talk to me at the same time. And I can answer all their questions. I just can't answer them all at once. And I don't. my, my first thought was, why do you need me to answer this? You know, sometimes I feel like Home Depot. You got, How, you, got question, you got questions, we got answers. Yeah, I got, I got the answer. Yeah. If I don't know the answer, I'll make it up. Just pretend like yeah. you know the answer. Yeah. It'll sound really, real wise and professional, and they won't have any idea. Just make it up if you don't know. <laughs> so it's nice to be in a nice, quiet studio. Everything is calm, pristine. Oh, I can almost hear the birds chirping. It's just... <laughs> Relaxing. Yeah, our, we were we were talking to our banker, and one of our one of our bankers has a very quiet, soft spoken demeanor, and the it's quiet in the bank. I'm like, can I just move my office over here? <laughs> yeah, and I know you like it loud because you drive race cars. Yeah, that part I'm okay with loud. So, but that's only loud for like six or seven. Nine, ten, twelve seconds. Yes, loud, loud cars, loud. I, you know what? I can even deal with loud music. Which, oddly enough, I can deal with loud music. But all that loud talking and excited and chaos, yeah, forget about it. Well, we got a new person in the office that might help us. What, you, you know, you need new more people when your people that are there can't get finished with the stuff that they're supposed to be finishing. Yeah, it's called spread thin. Yeah, so we got some more. We got another added a person to our staff so if you're checking the unemployment lines it ain't our fault no, we're trying yeah. to do our part yeah the unemployment rate's dipping we, we we hired one person so that that'll help but um anyway if you're out there listening you're going what are these guys talking about well we buy and sell real estate as well and we're always looking for people that wants to sell something um we actually put a couple of houses in the contract in the last couple of weeks um we got some a little house over on the um, Berea side of Greenville we're about to close on. Um, I think we're about to buy something in um, Traveler's Rest, if I remember correctly. And um, we're always looking for investors. So one of the houses that we're doing right now was a house that we think is going to be worth about a hundred grand once it's fixed up in Anderson. And um, we're looking for an investor that'll lend like sixty grand on it. So Tracy. If you lent sixty grand against a house that's worth about a hundred grand, would you call that relatively safe? Yes. I don't can can even, you expand on that answer? I don't have to even get out my calculator and 
think about what that LTV is. Uh, well, since she used 100 and borrowing 60, that's pretty easy. It's 60%. Okay, and that 60 will buy it and remodel it. Yes. Yeah, our purchase is considerably less than 60 if, uh, if it's the house I think you're talking about. Yeah, we're buying about. it for 40. Yes. So we're paying 40 for a house that needs about 20 in work that's worth about 100 fixed up. Yeah. So if a listener's out there going, well, how does that work? How do they get their money making money safely? Will they have a first mortgage against that property? What is a first mortgage? A first mortgage is the lien that gets recorded at the county by the attorney, by our closing attorney, when we purchase the home. And it basically tells the world, this is not secret, you know, tax records and everything are public record. It tells the world that we owe somebody, whether it be a bank or a private lender or an IRA, money. So we can't sell it without their knowledge. We can't do anything really with it without their permission to release that mortgage when it comes time to sell it. And the worst thing that can happen might be the best thing, which means they get ownership of the property if we can't pay them back, if we get debt or go bankrupt. So one of the ways that we protect our investors, we always give them a first mortgage. We always do a title search and give title insurance to the lender. And we always buy a fire insurance policy. Um, now, other things that we do require a little bit more paperwork especially if you're lending out of your IRA. So could could somebody use their IRA to do that? Yes. Well, how would that work? We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We're coming up from the first break of the program. I'm Jason Dillard. Learn more about me at jasondillard.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard. If you want to get in touch with me, you can call me at 864 844-7650, or you can go to my website, jasondillard.com, to check out what we're all about. Um, You missed our $99 wholesale seminar. $99 wholesale seminar a couple of weeks ago. We actually had a turnout that was great, filled up the room. Um, Couldn't have fit any more people in there. Um, We use a boardroom. You had... 15, 16, including you? Um, well, we had 14 that came, but then I had a couple of retakers, and, and then Quinn came. So Quinn had to sit off to the side. Like I've done before. Yeah. Over by the fireplace. No, the other side. The fireplace is in the back. Oh, he sat at the he front sat, of the room. Yeah, he sat at the other side of the room. But anyway, if you missed that, we'll have another one one day. I think on our website right now, we don't have a date picked, but maybe Tracy can remind me to get Caitlin in the office to pick another date for another $99 wholesale seminar. Um, but you can go to jasondiller.com to check out the lending opportunities that we have and learn how our lending works. Before the break, we were talking about how we have an opportunity for someone to lend 60 grand. They make an 8% return and it's against the property we think is worth about a hundred. And, um, we talked about how we always give the investor a first mortgage. We always have a closing with an attorney. You always have title insurance and fire insurance. But when we were talking, we were mentioning that we do borrow money from retirement accounts. And if you've heard us talk before about it, this is old hat for you. You've heard it before. But we have so many new listeners all the time that have never heard of that before because it's kind of unique. You don't walk into your normal brokerage house or your annuity company or your insurance company and say, I'd like to invest in real estate and lend money with my retirement account. That's just not something you hear about. And you don't see, you don't see ads on TV about it. 
when you see ads on TV about annuities and mutual funds and brokerage houses, you know, advertising how much their fees are and um, the Scott trades and all that, but you don't under, you don't see the um, the opportunity to actually lend money with your retirement accounts. And it kind of reminded me of when Tracy and I, Tracy and I had to go to Asheville a couple of weeks ago when we met with the owner of American IRA, Jim Hitt, had lunch with him, and we were talking, seeing their new office and everything. Um, if you're interested in what they do, they are a custodian that handles self-directed retirement accounts, AmericanIRA.com. But um, we met with him, and on the way back, we stopped off and hung out with one of Tracy's race car guys, buddies. And uh, um, he's got a shop there and got a bunch of race cars in it. And they piddle around on the weekends with the race cars. And it's got. then you go in another room and there's more cars. And we're talking about how we borrow money. He never heard of this before. He never heard of us before. He didn't understand exactly what we do. And he, we asked him, would he be interested in maybe lending us some money one day? And he's like, yeah, I'd be interested in that. And I said, okay, well, we'll do that. And it was just matter of fact. And I could tell by the look on his face that he didn't really believe we could do what we do. It, it, it didn't. It, it was just like some dude that I just met wearing a baseball cap and shorts and tennis shoes is going to borrow 100 grand from him and make sure he gets a good return. And it just didn't. And good collateral. Yeah. He, it just didn't sink in to him that we can do what we say we're going to do. And so have you talked to him? Not since. No, I, I should be seeing him soon. Well, he can pick up this channel. Maybe he's listening right now. If you're listening right now, then you can lend us that hundred grand. But Tracy was trying to work a deal and buy a trailer from him that would haul two cars. Yeah. Now, I know that I'm okay not owning a trailer because when I drive my truck somewhere, I just drive my truck somewhere. But when Tracy goes somewhere, he might drive his truck with a car pulling the car pulling a truck or truck pulling a car yeah maybe two cars so why do you need another car how many cars do you have i mean come on it's not just for me this would be a shared venture if i do this me and somebody else and their car i would only be hauling one car although i have two cars i could haul but what we would be using it for is for hauling my car and somebody else's car so when are you going to buy the trailer to a local uh, track that's a lot further away. When are you going to buy it? Uh, might buy it today. Are you really? Maybe I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But is he going to? You going to work a trade with him? I don't know. I got to talk to him. Yeah, we were offering him some weird trade opportunity on the trailer and the and the loan, and he looked at us like we had a chicken on our head. Yeah, I think that blew his mind. Yeah, that part of it was really not something he was interested in. I think he liked. He kind of said it. He said, "I'm not going to lend you a hundred grand, so you'll buy my trailer." Yeah, I think he just liked the idea of me giving him cash. I think he liked that idea better. Yeah. But we'll yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, you know, we'll, we're going to work an exchange. He'll exchange the title of that trailer for your money. Yes. You know, every, every transaction is an exchange. That's true, yeah. You know, you don't have to have a, a qualified intermediary in this transaction. <laughs> we're just going to trade title for money. But, yeah, he didn't think we could do it. And sometimes it maybe I'm too... We get, we get, it was too informative, I believe, for the initial meeting because you know how you and I are. We get really excited. We talk about everything we knew, do, or know how to do or want to do in a first meeting with somebody. And that's like drinking from a fire hydrant. 
one of the lenders we met this week and met sat down in their house. I think his head was spinning by the time we left. He, he said after when we were leaving, he said, I have to sit down and slow down and calm down for a minute because his head was spinning. <laughs> but um, but that's how we are. We meet with families that want to make a better return and talk to them until they get it. Because you don't want to invest anything you don't understand. Right. And we and so we we offer different opportunities that probably 75 percent of what we say is a foreign idea to them to begin with. Like what? Well, I don't. Nothing specific pops in my head. Well, 75 percent of what we do is foreign and you can't think to of the anything? average person. Because we borrow money from IRAs? Yeah, I mean, if we just met with somebody and said, okay, we're going to buy a house, we're going to borrow your money, 70% loan to value, you're going to get a mortgage done in a conversation. We'll see you later. That would probably be good for a lot of people. But instead, we sit there for two hours and we, we talk about how you could do your IRA, you could do this, you could buy a piece of rental property, you could... Uh, you know, depreciated over time. You could realize a tax benefit. You could, if you sell it one day later, three years from now, we could help you exchange into another property to uh, delay that tax consequence. You know, we, we just go on and on. Well, it's he, like, he kept asking me questions. I know. I was there. He's like, well, can I, can I, if I lend you money and I get paid back, what kind of tax will I have? And we're like, well, we'll send you a 1099 INT. Is that earned income? Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't want to well, pay tax. Well, can I, can can't, I can't not make have money. to pay tax? <laughs> well, yeah, we can sell you something. I mean, it makes perfect. I don't understand why seventy five percent of it. I guess it's because I, it's like I tell you, you ever go to Bigger Pockets? I just made that up. You know, I don't have a quantifiable percentage. I just had to be quick about it. Do you, do you ever go to BiggerPockets.com? Uh, not lately, but yes, I, I have. I love BiggerPockets.com because, you know, I'm in the real estate and stuff, and it's about real estate. Yeah, see, when they I have free a, time, I go on race car stuff and Facebook stuff, not Bigger Pockets. Sorry to disappoint you there, bub. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Well, do you realize that, that there's a season of the year that we're rapidly approaching that the first letter starts with a C and the last letter ends with an N that you'll be all, you and 150 gajillion other people will be all jacked up about. Starts with a C and ends in an N. Yeah. College football? <laughs> well, the, it is college football, but football doesn't end with an N. Clemson? Hello? Oh, Clemson, yeah. Yeah, so. That's we're, not we're, a season. Well, oh, you know what I mean. Well, it is to some people. Whatever. Yeah, you know me and my analogies; they don't always make sense. Well, yeah, I'll I'll read I'll read about Clemson football, and see that's where we. And won't then be I go to Bigger Pockets. That's where we won't be friends. But anyway, I went on Bigger Pockets, and they had a quiz. Even though I do like Clemson, they had a quiz you could take to see how good you are at um, creative ways to buy real estate. Guess you, what? You blew it off the chart. I made a hundred. I bet I made a hundred on it. Yeah, you are the you are the creativity of all creativities. Oh, and all the I, I was pretty. I, that's the best I've done on a test in a long time. You I mean, a long time. when you were at Clemson on your you were, when you were a professional student, you you didn't get a hundred anything, did you? I don't. Mm, I made a hundred on a test or two, but but that was that was forever ago. I mean, I, I mean, I did okay on my you know my eye test. I don't have to wear glasses except to read now. That's pretty good, I guess. You didn't have to study for the eye test. I did. You just go take it. You know, you know when the doctor gets all up in your face and you smell his breath. I know. I said he he slid up real close to me, 
And he was breathing like. I'm like, dude, do you need a Tic Tac? <laughs> Did you brush your teeth after lunch? I'm like, he's looking at me with that big old eyes, you know, with a big old thing. Was he staring into your soul? Yeah, he's looking down. I'm like, doc. So then he had to do that. That's that. that the blow test where they blow the oh I can't stand that the eye it blows a little bit of air yeah, in your pressure eye. pressure test yeah that, that hurts and and they want you not to move now if you move you have to do it again yeah like you know it's coming I mean it's like a it's like a shot to the eye yeah and you, and you just you're like, oh anticipation's but killing the you the test was nothing like that the test that I took on bigger pockets it was questions it was questions like um if somebody sells their house and leaves the mortgage in place um is that called buying subject to the mortgage and yes. then it had a bunch of other questions uh, it was multiple choice the, i know the answer to that one yes it was subject to the mortgage but it was a bunch of questions like that i got a hundred on it hundred i'm proud of you man that's an a plus yeah by most it's pretty good yeah good yeah, I was thinking, and then I was looking at the people, other people posting on there. I made eighty percent. I need to study more. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? I'm <laughs> get going off the, here. Get off Facebook and get <laughs> off of the websites talking about racing and stuff, and focus on what you really need to be focused on. I, that was probably me. Yeah, focus I, on real estate. I probably made the eighty. Focus on figuring out how to buy and sell more houses, and then you'll know. But yeah, I didn't have to, I, that eye test. I did pretty good on it. I was pretty happy. I didn't have to have like glasses all the time like you do. I did in there. Well, you know where mine are most of the time. On where, your head. Where are they right now? They're on the, well, on the table. You, they're on your head or on the table when you're inside. I had to get a near field vision test uh, recently, where you stare into this white space with one eye, a patch, you know, like a pirate over one eye, and they these dots. You can't look around. You got to look straight ahead at the focal point, and all these dots flash around you. And you got to press a little clicker. It's like a video game. Every time you see, and sometimes did, it's in your head. You saw something wasn't really there. Did you do something? Did you do good on it? I haven't given the results yet. Oh no, you might be blind. Don't even know it. <laughs> hey, if you just tuned in, I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses. Call me to sell a house. Eight six four 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 seventy six fifty. Coming up on the middle break of the show, now be a great time to go to my website, jasondillard.com. Hang on. We're going to talk more about racing and eye care when you when we return. We'll be right back. If you're behind on payments and need a little cash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need to sell fast. Call. Four 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 seven six five zero. Call four 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 seven six five zero. If you're tired of tenants, toilets, and trash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need a little cash. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard along with Tracy Holtzclaw. If you just tuned in, we are real estate investors here in the upstate, and I'm a real estate broker, but I don't put people in the back of my pickup truck and drive them around and show them houses. I'm the principal in the transactions that I'm involved in, which means I am the buyer, the seller, or the option, the option, or the lease, the lessor, uh, the seller, or the buyer, and a bunch or? of other E's or ors that I could be. I could be the mortgagee or the mortgageor, I guess. Um, so I'm a buyer. If you want to sell a house fast, give me a call at 864-444-7650. We're always looking to buy more real estate, any property type. Um, we're actually under contract to buy some retail 
um, buildings right now and um, some land, um, as well as single-family houses. So if you want to sell something, give me a call again. That number is 864-444-7650. We've been talking about how we borrow money from individuals and individuals' retirement accounts and how we have a need for a of uh, 60000 against a house worth a hundred that we're going to buy, fix up, and sell in Anderson and other transactions like that. And we explain how we always give the investor a mortgage against the property that is prepared and recorded by an attorney and always give the investor a title insurance policy in case there's a problem with the title. They always have a fire insurance policy. One of the things that we do that keeps your investment as safe as possible is we will not borrow more than about 70% of what we think the house is worth from you. So if, um, and we also want the in- investor to go see the property. Now, an IRA can't see. No, it doesn't have any eyes. Mm-mm. A Roth IRA can't see either. No. But if it had eyes, it would have really 20-20 vision. Yeah, because it's a good, good it would, thing. It could see better than you and me. Because I need glasses to read. You need glasses to do everything else. Um, you don't you don't wear glasses to read. No, I don't. But you can't hardly see nothing. I can't. I mean, you read. can see, but you you know you I, don't. You well, can't, I can't see. read anyway. I just pretend I can. No, I'm just kidding. But if I put my glasses on, I can't read the words on something in front of me: computer, book, phone, whatever. But if I get in the car and I don't have my glasses on, I can see, but I can't read street signs or billboards, you know. So there have been times in my life where my glasses were broken. And although I'm not supposed to be driving because, you know, it's right there on my license, I can get down the road. You you miss the blurs going past you? Yeah. So, like, if I know where I'm going, it's not a big deal. But if you send me to a new place and I've got to be able to see the name on the street sign, well, I can't see it until I'm already on the street, which well, what, is impossible. What about GPS? It'll tell you when to turn. Well, it yeah, it makes my day not being able to see, but it's rare that I don't have my glasses. So this weird test you were talking about before the break where you look at something and, and it is, check, is it checking your peripheral it, vision? Yes, it's called a near field vision test. Near field. Not one word. It's near field. Two words. And why? I don't know. I didn't make it up. It's just what they call it. I mean, it's just something that the eye doctor chose as a new test to charge you for? I yeah, mean, I is- think, well, I think what it does is it, however the results come out, it gives them indicators as to where your eyesight is going. And it's slow. You know, changes in our eyesight is generally slow. Unless you have an accident, something messes your eye up. You know, we are getting older. I mean, we're older now than when we started the program. You don't, you don't just wake up one day and can't see. Not generally speaking. I mean, it can. It obviously happens to some people, but you you wake up and you see a little bit less clearly yeah, every day, or, or you have a little spot in your eye, and or, it ain't worth going to the eye doctor to fix it. I got time. Yeah, I ain't yeah. got time to see clearly. <laughs> yeah, how can instantly improve vision not be at the top of your to do list? It ain't. I mean, I, I can see just fine. Yeah, but this isn't about that. This is just a. It's just. It's just like you're going to the doctor once a year for a physical or checkup. You know, you're checking things that you might not know that the doctor's blood work or whatever that going to give indications as to a future health problem, maybe. Yeah, did I ever tell you that I'm right-eyed? Well, if you're right-handed, you're generally right-side no, no, dominant nothing, to begin with. Not, no, no, if you're right, you're either right-eyed or left-eyed. 
and I'm right-eyed. You know, you know how to tell. You 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 look at something out in front of you, like that doorknob. Okay. Both eyes open. Do it. Okay. And put it inside your cir- circle, your finger. Okay. Okay. Is it inside? I'll see where you're going with this. All right. You see it? Yeah. All right. Now close your left eye. Is it still in the in there? Yep. Close your right eye. Is it oh, still it in went, there? No, it moved. All right. You're right-eyed too. Okay. That's cool. You and I both are right-eyed. Yeah. That's. We could be like friends. We're like frenzy right-eyed people. <laughs> we are friends. You're so you know, weird. If we ever, if we ever like looked at something and wondered if it was right on, we could look like behind one another and we'd know it's the same. Because you think about it, if you're looking down the side of a building and you're wondering if it's plumb, and you're standing in the exact same plot place as somebody else is looking, and they're left-eyed, no wonder it looks different to them. True. Because they're looking at it from like a different an, perspective, an inch away from where you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, what's this got to do with anything? I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, so if you want to invest money, um, it makes we, you wonder why sometimes. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about vision and seeing and seeing good. You know, yeah. And knowing and knowing what you should do with driving down the road and whether you got your glasses on or not and if you have your glasses on and you need them on then you need it's easier to see where you're going yes by all means i can see more clearly and see you don't know what you don't know no so if you know which way to go and you've already been there then you can go without your glasses and it's okay but if you've never been there then you need some help to get you there if you're not wearing your glasses so because because you don't know what you don't know you need the gps just like if you're trying to invest your money for your future retirement if you know where you need to go you already know how to get there but if you don't know we can help you with that well and, and it's the same thing with your real estate investing mm-hmm. you know we talk about borrowing money a lot on this program what about where do you want to go with what you already own yeah. like maybe you own something maybe or, or you've or you're going to inherit something is the smartest thing to do sell it is the smartest thing to do rent it I mean, there's four different ways you can make money in real estate. What are the four ways? The, there's four types of real estate investing. Well, you can flip. You know, flip's kind of got a negative connotation. or I mean, not to me, but, you know, you can buy something. You can improve and sell for a profit. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. Okay. You can buy something and rent it. You know, whether you pay cash or borrow money, there's a an income stream. Okay, that's two. So you can flip stuff, you can buy it, fix it up, and sell it, mm-hmm. and you or you can buy and keep it and rent it. Right. So buy and flip, buy and hold. You can lend money. Lend. Yeah. Okay. Secured by real estate. So you can be a lender. So you can have cash in your IRA or in your pocket or wherever and lend it against real estate and get a return from somebody that borrows it from you. And what's the fourth way to make money? In real estate. Mm-hmm. We got a $99 seminar about it. Oh, yeah. You can assign contracts. Assign contracts. Yeah. yeah. You can get control of the property through a normal purchase and sale agreement or a contract. And then I can go out and I can sell that contract to someone else for whatever they're willing to pay and let them close on the property. Okay. So there's four ways I can assign contracts. I can buy and hold, I can buy and fix up and sell, flip, or I can lend. So out of those four things, what's the safest thing that you can do? 
the safest, safest. The, the, the one that's the least likely for you to lose money. The least likely is the signing contracts. Yeah, because you don't have any money in it except for your advertising dollars, your yeah time, work, whatever you've done to get the to get to the contract. And how much money does it take to assign contracts? Well, it really depends on the efforts of the person. You know, whether you're putting out signs or you're spending dollars on advertising or but whatever. Relatively speaking, you have a small amount of money. Yeah. And almost zero risk. Yeah. So then once you actually have the contract, you know, you generally have an earnest money security deposit of some kind, whether it be a listed property on the MLS, you might have a hundred or 500 potentially. But if you're dealing directly with a seller, like in our case, you know, we have a $10 earnest money, you know, so I have a $10 earnest money at risk. So out of the four ways to make money in real estate, Assigning contracts is the safest and it takes the least amount of money. Yes. So, but what's the negatives? What's bad about assigning contracts? It's a four-letter word that I don't like. What? It's work. It's work. Yeah. It. You have to do it over and over again. Yeah. You got to repeat. You got to repeat it. You got to work at it. You got to wake up every day thinking about how can I advertise to get my phone to ring. To so what, what's another negative wholesaling? Uh, well, it's... Is there any tax shelter? Uh, no, there's no tax shelter. Yeah, so. It's normal earned income. Yeah. Okay, so you have to work to do it. You have to work over and over again to do it. You got to pay higher taxes, but it doesn't take a whole lot of money and there's no risk. Wonder what the benefits and the um, negatives of the other three things you can do in real estate. Well, we can talk about that when we return. We're coming up on the last break of the show. I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses. My phone number is 444-7650. That's 864-444-7650. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard along with Tracy Holtzclaw. I'm a real estate investor and I buy houses to get in touch with me. Give me a call at 864-444-7650. We've been talking about how we borrow money and how we invest in real estate right here in the upstate. Um, and we are talking about the different ways to invest in real estate. And a lot of people that never think about it don't realize there's only really four ways. Even if you're a developer, I know you were thinking of that, Tracy. A developer is a flipper. That's true. They're yeah, taking the, something that needs repair, which I mean, could be just raw dirt, <laughs> and it, turning it into something else to increase its value. Yeah, or you can invest in a tick. Yeah. You know, you can invest in a, a REIT. Not a tick like, you know, gets on you when you're out in the woods and you got to light them with a lighter to make sure that you sufficiently kill them. Not that kind of tick. No, but you could put in money in a REIT. You know, read is when you invest cash into something, but that read is doing something with that money. They're holding. Yeah, it's a real estate investment trust. Most of them are buying something and holding it and renting it and then later selling it. So that's a hold, really, even though it's through the REIT. You're just in a REIT with 20 or a gajillion other people. We're not. I'm not homie. Homie don't play that. So <laughs> the four ways that I think that you can invest in real estate is um, assigning contracts, which is the safest and takes the least amount of money, but the drawbacks are you have to do it over and over again. It takes a lot of work, and there's no tax shelter. The other one is flipping, buying, fixing up, selling, holding, buying, keeping. I mean, you can buy land and keep, and it's a hold. You just don't get rent. You might buy the land, wait 10 years, and sell it later. 
Yeah, a lot of people um, invest in land. Okay, there's, so no, there's nothing for your tenants to tear up. There's no maintenance. You know, you own enough land, you can rent it. And we've got one guy that lends us, lends us, lends us money that owns land that he leases out to somebody that grows corn on it. What kind of corn? Oh my goodness! Um, does he does he I grow just, corn on the cob or I just plain corn? Stepped right into that, didn't I? Um, it's corn on the cob. Corn in its natural state is on the cob. Yeah, so it should just be called corn off the cob when it's not corn. So corn on the cob should be called corn, and corn that off the cob should be called corn off the cob. But anyway, we don't want to get no. Please don't get me started today. on that again. You know, every time I go to the store now, I, I see corn. I take a picture of it and send it to Tracy. I don't understand why it's funny, but it is. But anyway, it's a location joke. So, all right. So I can hold property. Now, is holding property is there is there a benefit? What's the benefits to holding? What can I? What what's good about holding compared to the other three ways to invest in real estate? Is it safe? Does it have rental income or not? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hold, just holding in general. Well, is if it, you're, if is you it safer it. or riskier than the other two that we haven't talked about? Oh, it's riskier. Riskier than what? It's riskier than the other we talked about. It's riskier than wholesaling. Yes. Yeah, it's riskier than wholesaling. Yeah, because you can hold. Dirt's probably the safest thing. You know, raw land is probably the safest thing you can hold. But it could go down in value, and the taxes go up. That's right. You know, but then you got you know rental property, whether it be a house or a building. You know, you got people renting from you that either pay or they don't. You got stuff that can break. You, you know, got all tenants pay until they don't. That's true. We know that. Sometimes they're lease-ins and they quit paying. All roofs will leak eventually, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you wait long enough, it's going to leak. You know, toilets get clogged up eventually. Plumbing eventually leaks, too. Stuff just wears out from normal wear and tear and use. Now, that new PEC stuff they got, instead of lasting like 30 or 40 years, it might last 150 years. But it but it's going to leak one day. Eventually, yes. So, so that's riskier than wholesaling. Right. But now compare holding to flipping. What's riskier? Um, flipping Flipping's is probably riskier. riskier because we can enter a transaction believing that it's worth a hundred. The example you used earlier, we can believe it's worth a hundred today. We can invest sixty in it, whether we pay cash or borrow it, whatever. And then something can happen, you know, plane land in it, and insurance pays or doesn't pay. You know, trees fall on it. The market, something changes in the market, and it just doesn't sell for enough. Anything can happen. It's a moving target. Okay, so the most risky is flipping. Yeah. Out of all of them. The least risky is wholesaling. What about between um, lending and holding? What would you say is less risky? Lending. Lending. Why, why, is, why is less lending less risky than holding? Well, because you... you you, you one, you lend on a property that you believe has more value than your lending, which we've talked about over and over. You know, you shouldn't ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever. Did I say that already? Don't ever lend anybody 100% of what something's worth. I mean, banks do it every day. You know, the, the general lending market to people for the house they're going to live in, sure. I'm not completely opposed to it and completely for it either. You know, if somebody's got a proven track record of credit, and they've got the income, and our country lends them 100% on like USDA, for example, whatever. 
but as an investment, don't ever lend your borrower 100%. Okay, so lending is safer than holding, but does lending give you a tax break? Lending does not, no. No, you can't. You don't get a tax shelter. So holding is a little more risky than lending, but it has a tax break. What's, how does the tax break work with holding property? Well, because um, the way our current IRS code is written, that'll probably be the same way until we're all dead and gone, allows for depreciation. So this is what's really weird about the IRS tax code. I can buy something today and believe that tomorrow or next month or next year it's going to be worth more. But the IRS allows me to depreciate its value because of the things we talked about earlier, you know, wear and tear or whatever their logic is. When you and I know in the real world, hopefully it's appreciating to some degree. Okay, so you got a good tax shelter in holding real estate as long as it's there is improvements. Yes, you don't, can't depreciate dirt because yeah, it's not if, wearing out. If you're looking to offset some income, you don't buy land. No. If you're looking to offset income, you buy stuff with improvements. Okay, so what you're telling me is there's benefits and there's dipl- different obligations and different drawbacks to the four different ways that you can invest in real estate. Pros and cons. You have to look at them all and weigh them out and see what's makes more sense or a combination of all it might make more sense for you to just be a lender and not worry about actively now that that's another part we didn't talk about what's active what takes work what takes the most work out of the four ways to to invest well the active investor has to go out and find the deal whether they find it themselves or whether they have you know agents always on the prowl looking for stuff for them to buy so that's the and they use their cash to buy it so that's active they hire the contractor to fix it up. They hire the property manager to keep it rented, whatever. That's active. Okay, so your wholesaler is very active. Mm-hmm. Your flipper is very active. Now, the person that's holding property, are they active? Uh, yeah, not near as active, but yes, they are because they've got to find the property. they got to, to interact with the property manager to some degree or, the, or they're managing it themselves, which don't know why they'd want to do that, but... You know, and then what about the lender? The lender just uh, approves a loan on a piece of property and sends the check to the attorney, and they're done. They okay, just so wait the, on the money to pay back. Okay, so one of the benefits of becoming a lender is it's hardly any work at all. No, it's very very passive. If you're a wholesaler, you ain't doing nothing but working. So that's on the other end of the spectrum. If you're a lender, that's the safest thing you can do behind wholesaling. I want to be a lender when I grow up. Because wholesaling doesn't have any money in it, so you can't, it's hard to lose if you don't have nothing to lose, right? So, exactly. I mean, all you can lose is your advertising dollars or your mm-hmm. your sweat equity you're putting in your driving around talking to people. So the wholesaling's safe, safe, but it's a lot of work and then you got to do it over and over again. Whereas if you're a lender, you can do one loan, for example, on a, a rental property and make a return on it for the next five years without doing anything but seeing the money show up in your bank account. And that's safe because your LTV, the what you lend on the property is way less than what you um, believe the property's worth. But holding property creates some income potentially and it creates tax shelter. So it's in between. So one of the things that I try to focus on is I think about every day what makes the most sense for Tracy and I to do with what we own and what we're flipping. 
does it make more sense for us to take the contract that we have today and assign the contract and make some cash? Does it make more sense for us to close on that property and keep it because we need more tax shelter or and we need some, some steady income? Does it make more sense for us to buy it, fix it up, and sell it? We know that we're going to pay a higher um, tax on our flips. Does it make more sense for us to buy the property, lease it for a couple of years, and then sell it? What's different about your tax rate when you've owned the property for a while and then you sell it? What's the difference between short-term gain and long-term gain? So short-term gain is I buy it and sell it in this tax year. Long-term gain is I hold it at least a year and then sell it. Okay, so, so I can pay less. Tax is different. I can pay the government less if I buy it, rent it for a while, and then sell it. And that might make more sense, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe what it costs to re-remodel the property after you rent it for a year wipes out what it would save you in tax. Now, on the other coin, if you're holding property and you sell it, does it make more sense to exchange that into something else? Or does it make more sense to take the cash, pay the tax on it, and do something else with the cash? That depends. It depends. It depends. So these are the kind of things that I think about. These are the kind of things that I get excited about. And if you're out there going, well, I don't know what to do with my rental house. I don't know what to do with my my building that I lease for myself in my in my dentist, dental practice. I don't know what to do with my land that I inherited. That's what I focus on. So if you're out there going, I don't know. I don't know if I should... I got a great return on what I paid for the property 10 years ago, but could I be getting a better return if I sold the property and bought something else? That's the kind of stuff that I enjoy doing. So if you're out there and you're looking to sell something that you don't even know you know that you really should sell and it's a commercial property, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it and talk to you about how we might buy it from you and help you get your money into something else that gives you a better return. Uh, my phone number is 864-444-7650. You can always go to the website, jasondiller.com, to check out what we're up to. Right now, we do have a need for hundred grand at 8% on new houses that we're building. We haven't mentioned that today. We are looking for 60000 on a house in Anderson that we're buying that's going to be worth about 100000 If you're interested in that, again, give me a call at 864-444-7650. I'm glad to be back. We've been out of town there for a lot in the summer, uh, but I'm all, it's awesome to be here. Tracy, I appreciate you being here. Um, don't forget to go to my website, jasondillard.com. And just remember, the biggest reason for failure isn't lack of knowledge or ability. It's inaction. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every single time.